Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Merry Christmas. Yes. To you and your whole bear family out there in California. (laughs) Yes. Yes, if any of those bears are in hibernation, you need to go wake them up because it is Christmas time and every bear likes a little hot chocolate and cranberry bread and all those goodies. Well, and we, you know, Christmas season, the holiday season, when you get together and try not to talk about politics and religion (laughs) on Christmas. So I'm going to encourage you out there. This is the time to, you know, speak now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Christmas is uh, different for us this year. Our kids are both out of state, and it's an empty nest. It's kind oh. of interesting. So, um, and then my gift probably to my wife is to not talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm talking to Ron. <laughs> there you go. Now's the time to be silent. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! Yeah. So you guys, what do you guys do for? I mean, what is like some of the really important things that you love or do? during the Christmas season or if you've done in the past or traditions that you do? I'll do candlelight service. Do you? Um, yeah, like to do that. I mean, you know, it is the birth of Christ. That's right. how we celebrate it. I don't believe he was born in December. I believe it's the end of September. Yeah. But uh, that's a whole other story. But there, it, we take advantage of the opportunity. And that's what's really most important. You know, you could be so rigid and, quote, correct on things that you just lose everything and so uh, you know it's a great time and and uh, you know it's just going out and doing outreaches and things like that but uh, family time yeah I go to my wife's side and then my side my parents side and so we have to split our days we've always had to do that how about you Chris oh you beat me to it Uh, well my kids always know on Christmas Eve they get brand new jammies (laughs) and so we all go every single year it's like so my my son, my oldest son, has very expensive taste, and he uh, he works out, and he doesn't want these really baggy uh, pajamas. So I know that he wants me to order a special brand. So this year, I sent him a picture because it was like December first. I wanted to get my order in early, and it was this um, it was this picture of these bright yellow. Um, pajamas with happy faces all over them and I said I'm about to order your pajamas unless you get me a little uh, another suggestion oh, on the text and, and he texted back immediately because I hadn't I'd heard, heard from him for a while and he goes don't you dare get those for me <laughs> so he's like he's like 30 and he still really just wants underoos right yeah. like superhero, <laughs> superheroes yeah no foots, footsies uh, for, for the old guys yeah you know, uh, one of the things we do every Christmas now, we've probably done it for 10 years now, my wife and my daughter and I, we watch the, the movie The Nativity, which is a fantastic oh, yeah. film about mm-hmm. the birth of Jesus. And it's just really well done. It's The characters are great. The development of the story is really good. Uh, the, the, the costumes are very authentic to the time frame. And being one who's been studying the ancient Near East culture for about 40 years of my life, it's, it's, it's darn accurate. A couple things, areas where they make, you know, not sure if it's three stars that converge over Bethlehem because the wise men follow a star, but they make it, they make the case that there's three stars converging and that's creating this bright star effect. So that's kind of cool. But there's a, there's a couple, like one or two things that are not accurate, but the rest of it's very accurate to the story. So what I like is that history does record the event. Yes. Yes. It's not some myth made up. That's right. That's right. Even, uh, I mean, Josephus, you know, the Roman historian, mm-hmm. Jewish historian for Rome, actually. Yep. But, you know, he, he talks about Jesus and and uh, actually dying and rising, raising from the dead. But, uh, you know, 28 years after the death of Cleopatra was one of the dates that they got. It gives you about Sites. 2 BC. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and then you've, you've got four Gospels. Um, Luke says, you know, many people have tried to write up an account of what happened among us, a most excellent Theophilus. But let me do mine. And he's a he's a physician. So he writes out, I'm writing this to you. So you may have certainty in that which you believe about what we've seen and heard about Jesus. So the eyewitness witness accounts of Jesus. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and then I I wanted to mention that this is the second night of Hanukkah. Yeah. And uh, Hanukkah is both a Jewish and a Christian holiday because Jesus, he was celebrating it in the book of John. John 10, 22 talks about the Feast of Dedication. And that's where Jesus, um, he presented himself and he said those famous words, I am the light of the world. And obviously he would have been in front of the, the temple menorah, the lights that were going on during wow. that, that time. And then he, it's also uh, the season of miracles where Judah Maccabee um, lit the, the candle, the, the light in the, the temple. And it mm-hmm. takes eight days for the, the oil to be dedicated and to be purified. And they only had enough oil, obviously, for one one night and the miracle of God, it's, it's his multiplication, just like Jesus multiplied bread wow. and fish. He, this was his, his uh, pre-incarnate. He was multiplying. God was multiplying the oil uh, in, the, in the temple and the, the, the light stayed lit for eight until they came back with the proper oil that had been dedicated and purified. And, and so Jesus said, uh, when, when, they, when the Pharisees said, um, tell us plainly if you're the Messiah. And he said, my miracles, my works have pointed to who I am. Wow. And mm-hmm. so when he introduced himself as the light of the world and the miracle, the miracle uh, making God. Yep. And he said, I am the light of the world. And testified to that. And then he said to his followers, now you are the light of the world. So we get to be the lights, you know, of the eight crazy nights of Hanukkah. Yes. I, I can't get the song out of my head from Adam Sandler, Happy, Happy Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Monica, eight Monica, eight Monica crazy was... nights of Hanukkah. That's right. Yes. It's yeah. a good song. Speaking of Hanukkah, yeah. we'll just get right into uh, the events of the week. Um, yeah. So New York Times actually on the first day of Hanukkah had a crossword puzzle. And if you look at it, it's a swastika sticker. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not. I, I know. It's bizarre. But bizarre. yeah, if, if you're doubting that, just do a search. Uh, New York Times swastika. Well, we know the New York Times are not oh, good people. Nazis everywhere. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah, Ukraine, you have, uh, well, that, that's a whole nother topic. But uh, well, let's uh, now this is a special night also because this is the second to last night of Wake the Bear Radio on traditional radio. Right. We're going to be moving to online. So we want to encourage people to follow us online. We're going to be moving to various online services, um, probably Twitter spaces, YouTube, YouTube online, live rumble online. And the reason we're having to do that is because uh, many of you know that KSEO is closing down. And uh, so we have two shows left. And so we want to just encourage you to get on our email list. You can go on to wake the bear radio.com or you can email any of us at uh, like Brandon at wake the bear radio.com or Chris or Ron at wake the bear radio.com and get on our email list so we can stay connected to you out there. We have people out there in Australia. We have people out in Salinas. We've got people um, from various States and various countries following us. So we want to encourage you to follow us online and we're going to be very accessible and easy to get a hold of. Um, but don't lose don't lose track of us because we're, we're you're our family out there. This is a movement that's going to keep going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just in case you didn't know, from day one we have always recorded our shows, actually in video format as well. Thank you, Ron. And it's on yeah. the website, and so we have never missed a date. I mean, we've always had uh, the show on, and so a lot of people will listen just online because they want to listen at their convenience when they can listen. And so nothing's going to change. So we will still be, we have a, a, a backup studio, and that's where we'll be filming and uh, recording, and we'll still be having our show. It will go on. Yep. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, we'll see what happens uh, as far as on, on air, if there's anything. We don't really know much uh, details of what the future holds, but we are online. And the bear is not fully awake yet, so we have work still to do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So good. Yeah. So good. So go go to wakethebearradio.com because the show notes that are on there is they're incredible Amazing. and everything that we bring up, we've thought about. It isn't just something that we we heard rumor mill. We've really done some due diligence and research and we prayed about it and we've looked and dug and 
Uh, we've gone to people we respect and we've thought through it. So the show notes are on there. The references and the links to the things that we talk about are all there. So you too can research if you have questions and you can decide. We want you to decide for yourself. That's that's what Awaking the Bear is, is we're not just in an echo chamber. We're, we're distilling information with the discernment of God and with um, the, the truth that's uh, much of which is being hidden. And we've seen that with uh, the Twitter files, haven't yeah, we? Totally. I mean, uh, nothing like a little reveal. Yeah, and before we jump into that, we want to just encourage you um, tonight. Like, um, we're going to be taking calls at, uh, see what, at 40? Yeah. So call in, uh, 479-1080 on KSEO. It's the last chance for you to call in tonight and next week. You're the last chance. So um, call in. We'd love to hear what you have to say. We'd love to hear if you agree with us. We'd love to hear if you disagree with us. We'd love to hear the other side. We want we want debate and discussion. We don't we want don't want an echo chamber. So please call in. Sounds good. You know, uh, kind of the theme tonight was like perseverance. Oh yeah. And you know, uh, this this last Sunday, I was listening to a sermon at at our church, and what was brought up was a thing called the Stockdale paradox. Hmm. And the Stockdale Paradox was about um, a guy, James Stockdale, mm-hmm. who was the one of the longest-held prisoners of war in Vietnam. Wow. And he went from 1965 to 73. It's eight years. He was tortured. They'd hang him on meat hooks. They would tie him up, his hands behind his back, and then they'd lift the hands up, and he'd hang there for hours with his you know, shoulders out of socket. I mean, just horrid, horrid things. And uh, eight years. But he survived, and many didn't. And what was really interesting is they asked him, how did, how did you survive? And uh, one of the things was, he said, well, first, the people, or they said, they asked, who were the first to go? And they were the optimists. The optimists were the first to go. Yes. And I was like, what? And I, so I, I read up on it. And so what was happening with the optimists, and, and I, I, there's a reason why I'm bringing this yeah, up. Yeah, go for it. So with, with an optimist, they say, oh, you know, it's going to, you know, we'll be taken care of. It's all going to work out. And so back when he was in, in the POW camps, it was, oh, by Christmas, we'll be rescued. Oh, yeah. And then so they had their hopes on Christmas. And then the hopes got dashed. And it's like, well, well, by Easter. And then it was like, oh, by, by Thanksgiving. And then it's the second Christmas and so on and so wow. on. And so each time you get disappointed, your hopes get dashed because you really started to believe something that you don't know. So what he did is he said it's good to have a dose of optimism, mm-hmm. but also a dose of reality. Realism, yeah. Realism. Yeah. And his his reality was, hey, we're going to probably be in here for a while, and it's going to be very painful, as we can clearly see and feel. And so expect that. And so he says there's you know, there's not a whole lot you can do to, to change things, but you can work on how you respond to those things. Mm. And so and, – and he was really – pretty brilliant i mean he would cut himself up and beat himself up with a chair so they wouldn't do propaganda films with him because back then how the vietnamese uh were fighting they there was a propaganda war as well so they'd interview uh u.s soldiers and then they you know they would make them say oh we're being treated wonderful he came up with the morse code with the blinking uh you know where where you start blinking morse code saying i'm tortured but then you might verbally say hey um everything's okay you know and so um but just phenomenal. Wow. And so the reason why I brought that up was because a lot of people in this movement, the Patriot movement, those that followed Q or follow Q still, um, they were very optimists. We're like, oh, Trump's going to come in. He's going to save, save the day. Yeah. The military is going to come in, clean house, and we're just going to start a, you know, the arrest. I think even what the first week or two of Q, they, he threw some disinformation to get people distracted. And, uh, you know, people are expecting Hillary Clinton to be, uh, you know, arrested, right. you know, and everyone's like, yeah, finally, finally, well, finally, that's years ago. Right. And so people had their hopes dashed January 6th, another one, you know, mm-hmm. they thought, Oh, something's going to happen and it's going to turn around. And so, you know, just as praying medic had said many times, you need to, um, you need to control your expectations. Yeah. Manage your expectations. Yes. And so, that's what creates perseverance in this battle and we are in a battle and so i I just wanted to bring that up because you know there's a lot of good stuff happening right now but it doesn't mean that overnight you know everyone's going to come to the light and say oh we need to arrest these people you know it's going to still take time these are people with power you know the corruption has power and it takes a while to take it down so just want to start off with that and the scripture says you know do not grow weary in doing well 
because you, you in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Mm-hmm. And so we we continue to persevere, to fight the good fight, to believe that there yes there are people on the inside who have our back, but they're but they're fighting a battle themselves. And there's a lot of darkness that's been amassed. I mean, the, the going back to JF Kennedy's, Kennedy's speech in 1961, President in the Press, he said, you know, there is massive amounts of wealth and power and economic resource that have been amassed for this secret society that's controlling the globe and you don't just unravel that in one day you don't do it in even a year it's it takes a you it, it takes a, a very concentrated disciplined campaign uh, to wake people up and that's what i think we're seeing is it you know we're even with the twitter files which you mentioned it's a drip 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 of truth that, that's completely going against the narrative that we've been you know that we've been hearing so it's it, it's going to take time for people to finally start to really wake up and it's not just america either i mean it's a global awakening so the europeans are experiencing some of their wake up we've seen australia new zealand that area of the globe and uh and china we there's a lot we don't know that's going on in china and in the underground church and and the things that are happening there but but this is a global awakening because the global elites have have um, worked their plan in every sector of society in every nation of the earth and so uh uh, just going back to um the the um idea of not getting your expectations too high Mm. i mean that we know that uh, proverbs says that uh hope deferred makes the heart sick Mm. but that the hope the that when they're realized, it's like a tree of life. And we aren't people without hope. I mean, Romans 15, 13 talks about, let the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you may overflow with peace by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is a spiritual war. And what we're seeing is an untangling and a bringing down of a Luciferian kingdom of darkness and as we arise you know there will be supernatural battles that will be won miraculously but the lion's share of the work will be us being willing to partner and roll up our sleeves and say we are not going to stand for the evil that's in front of us we're going to confront it Um, Jesus said for this reason I came into the world it was to confront the works of the devil and uh, that's that's uh, the death structures of hell in the grave that he brings in. So when we see these death structures, when we look at something and we follow the logical end to to see that it is going to go to demise, it's going to go to uh, eugenics or the destruction of the family, the destruction of human beings, of health, of uh, crops, of our ability to make a living. Those are death structures, and right. we can pretty much guess whose side, what kingdom that came from. And we're in this great clash of kingdoms right now. Yeah, and I like what you said about, you know, <clears throat> it's been said many times, but Flynn said this, you know, think globally, think nationally, but act locally. One of the number one things you can do is get on a school board and help train the next generation and how faith and civics and all, all works together so they're not being brainwashed. I mean, when they raised the transgender flag over my daughter's high school and had four deputy sheriffs in the parking lot while group of kids are raising this flag on next to the American flag. I mean, I got on the phone and called the school district and said, what the heck are you doing? This is like wildly inappropriate for minors to be having this sexual orientation projected over their school. And you're confusing people. This is not okay. Well, if, if, if you, if you stay silent right now, if we stay silent, we're, we're culpable if we, when they make these inroads into our schools. So get active, you know, and I think of Thomas Paine, he said, you know, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it. And some people are like, hey, I'm just tired. I'm just busy. I'm working all day. Like, yeah, but you're, while, while you're being busy, your kids are being indoctrinated. And you need to get out there and you need to say, we will not stand for this and not just put your head in the sand. And that's what Wake the Bear is all about, mm-hmm. is that we're trying to activate ourselves. We're trying to activate you to run for office, to get involved locally, change the municipalities around you so that what you so that the globalists can't because that's what they're trying to do. Globalists are putting their people in position, paying them CARES Act money, federal bribes to get them to do what they want them to do. If you're not willing to stand up at your local school and fight back and speak out about what's injustice and, and 
wickedness and unrighteousness, then who will? Who will be the one to stand up? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, what topic do we want to? Uh, there's so many topics. Oh my gosh. Well, you, you, we mentioned Twitter two or three times. I think we should jump into the Twitter Chris, six and yeah. seven. I mean, yeah. no, Chris has yeah. done actually a video on it that she's going to be sh- sharing tomorrow. Was it tomorrow. Yeah, I did a daily pause, a bear pause on it, so it'll come out in the next day or two. But, but why is it, it's really important? You know, we, they eight actually Twitter files number eight came out today. Oh wow! And it's easy to look at these files and go, oh, it's too much for me to figure out because there are already eight of them, and and you know I didn't even figure out what number one was. Well, they're not very long for one. They're probably. Um, 30 tweets that explain a concept that's being released through through these um, world-class journalists that have received uh, inner departmental memos and emails and information that um, Elon Musk has given them to distill into a, um, a package that will communicate to the people that are reading these um, Twitter files, what has been going on in the back rooms of Twitter. And what we've found out throughout all the the Twitter files so far is that there is a public part, uh, public private partnership between Twitter and most likely between other social media platforms. But we only know about Twitter because Elon Musk has given us the inside scoop. Um, and the FBI, the DHS, and other agencies, including and some educational systems and probably Hollywood um, networks too, of influence. So these these um, partnerships have um, c- backroomed in and have um, have decided they've c- come into a collusion. Yeah, collusion uh, to. Oh, yeah. Um, to agree that there would be some censorship and what uh, its various subject matters that the different files are. In part six, what we saw was that um, there was an actual uh, exchange between Twitter and the FBI uh, that was recruiting, where the FBI was recruiting Twitter to um, help them do what they they thought was um, was uh, finding people who were who were. Uh, furthering the election fraud or foreign interference narrative. So they actually uh, convinced the Twitter executives that um, that the things that they were hearing were wrong. And they, they recruited them, they pressed them, they said, we think that um, this is all about Russian collusion and that the Russians are hacking us and that your followers are just doing disinformation. They're giving out disinformation. And we'd like you to, uh, we're going to actually pre-flag these individuals and would you keep an eye on them for us? And, you know, it'd be really good if you monitored, censored, masked, because what they're they're saying is not healthy for our nation. And so whether or not the Twitter executives understood what we do know is right. there were monies exchanged because there were uh, uh, the FBI gave millions of yeah, dollars like three million dollars for the have. censorship as they were doing basic surveillance so it wasn't just censoring and saying okay put Joe Schmo into timeout because he's giving information we don't want to go out and we don't want to amplify his tweet they would um, they would actually censor and they've they've collected information for, and uh, addresses, locations, so that they could align who was tweeting um, by name, because they're all handles, and some of them are anons um, that don't want to be identified. So they said, we want to know locations and personal information about these. Would you keep it on file in case we need to bring forward some sort of litigation against them? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. C.S. Lewis actually talks about this, the, the, the author, he says, you know, that Every tyrant in the last hundred years has used for your own good as an excuse to usurp their low, their their authority and to yeah. be, to act as tyrants. And this is the thing: a ty- tyranny is a misuse of authority. Period. It doesn't matter if the tyrant actually believes they're doing good when they misuse yeah. their authority. So. So some of those people at Twitter are probably think, oh my gosh, the FBI is telling us then this must be the right thing to do because we're just going to, yeah. but the FBI misusing their power and influencing people at Twitter. Now, the, the number one way they probably influenced people at Twitter is there's 150, 15 people 
in upper echelons of Meta, who you are formal former intelligence communities mm-hmm. officers, yeah. and you don't you don't become an ex CIA member. That doesn't have, it's like trying to become an ex gang member. Yeah, you either are in it or you are no longer on an official payroll, but you're still an asset. Right. So the FBI, the CIA, these intelligence community communities had people at Meta, had people at Twitter who used to work at the FBI. So they were trained in intelligence, now working at the com- at the social media you know, conglomerates. And then you have people on the outside t- meeting with the people telling them to c- c- you know, censor this, don't pay attention mm-hmm. to that, put this, put this forward. So it's collusion at its worst. I mean, it's, com- it's everything that the Dems have been screaming that Trump did, they've been doing the entire time behind Twitter. They've been doing it meta. You know, it's like we all know what's happening. Everybody who's, you know, because you go on there and you got 115, you know, a, th- a couple thousand likes one day. And then all of a sudden you only have two people that saw your thing. <laughs> well, how come you're impressed? And we know they ban They're banning people. So that's what I think that's the number eight came out today that they're actually these all these people that actually are ex intelligence yeah. people. And then, you, you know, huh. you Podesta and um, Pelosi both had people at, at Twitter working uh, children working at Twitter. You know oh, that? I didn't know. Oh, that. No, family members. Family oh members. my goodness! No, I didn't know so, that. So, so it's like this. It's this collusion, and, and this is exactly mm-hmm. what Time Magazine came out and said. There was a secret plan to get Trump out of office, and mm-hmm. we did it under the guise of, you know, this is the right thing to do because Trump is so bad. So yeah. we'll, we're going to tweak things and adjust things here. Maybe you know, cover a little up over here, and and then you know. You know you know, tweak the rules a little bit here, but what they're doing is actually illegal and unethical and immoral. And that's the definition of misusing your authority. You know, with all that, Mm. it it makes you want to think and take a step back and go, you know, was I influenced by all this? I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are even conservatives and they're still like a never Trumper. And they're like, just Trump is bad. I mean, and, and, you know, we should really take a step back and say, what influences have I been exposed to? that may have caused me to have that idea mm-hmm. because I mean, I, I know some people that, that felt that way and until they read Donald Trump's book, they're like, I didn't know that I didn't. And, and 180 degree turn. They're like, I, you know, I realized the kind of man he is. And so this influence, you know, what is it? Uh, I think it was Elon that said that just recently, you know, it's, it's easy to fool people. What's really hard is to convince them that they've been fooled. Right. And I wonder how many of yeah. us even on this still side. Still on the fence. are still not willing to actually say the emperor has no clothes on because we're wondering if maybe we're not right. And that's the, what they did is they, they influenced the they discredited voices and they discredited even the Hunter Biden laptop mm-hmm. story so that in the, when people heard it, they were so confused about misinformation in general that when they heard that, they just assumed that it was because it came from a reputable source yeah. then that it must be all Russian information. And that's what's doing. It's like this one of the CIA members is known, you know, whether he said it or not, I'm not sure, but he's known says when the American people, everything that the American people believe is wrong and false, we have done our job. Because once you completely brainwash people and you can you can mold and shape their opinions, and that's basically what's been going on. And that's the CIA, and we know where many of the CIA have gone to work through Operation Paperclip. We know that many of them are in the lead positions of a news agency, yes. mainstream news agencies. So they're giving the narrative out in a way that has been um, prescribed for them. They're not, they're not journalists, as in investigative journalists. They are storytellers. Mm-hmm. And even this, um, in, in file seven of the Twitter files, that, you know, I felt it, for the first time I, I got a little picture of Twitter as I read this because I've been kind of angry at thinking those executives have just been lying to us at Twitter. And and actually what happened was that the FBI convinced the executives at Twitter that the Hunter Biden laptop was filled with Russian hacked pictures and files that had been put on there and they said you know they i mean if they thought very far through this they would have realized that that was impossible but they had said it is a national security um, problem when your twitter listeners are retweeting these things as though they're true and because the timing was right before the presidential election they knew that public 
the the public opinion was really important. FBI did so. They told the the execs, "We we need you to silence these quest these stories that they're retweeting um, on the Hunter Biden laptop." And so they were convinced that all these things were planted, uh, even though. Um, the FBI, obviously, whether whether there's so little information, they're so compartmentalized in the FBI as it is. Nobody shares anything. There's they hold on to their intel as though it, it's their own rather than that they're government workers, and so it's hard to know whether those um, those media. Uh, the the task force at the FBI was a social media task force. There were 80 members that at the time of the 2016 election, they came in and their job was to make sure that the other social media platforms knew uh, what was true and what wasn't according to the proper narrative. And so, I mean, really the social media platforms, whether they knew or not, whether the FBI was telling the truth, what we do know is they had a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop. And so they were responsible for that information. They knew it was real and they knew that what they were telling the, the Twitter executives was a lie about the laptop because it was it was authentic those files were real that showed that hunter biden was was doing pay for play with burisma and and with other ukrainian uh russian and chinese companies using the leverage of his father's political position as vice president of the united states so so it all um it's all very interesting. We've been told it's an information war. Yep. And yeah. I mean, I know when I get frustrated, the biggest frustration I have is I don't really know what the truth is sometimes. Mm. So uh, we just, we have to be discerning. Well, the FBI played Twitter like a fiddle. I mean, yeah. what you do is you go in years before and you get people in to that organization that hire like-minded people and then it's the confirmation bias see they want that to be true they Mm -hmm. want that hunter biden's laptop was russian disinformation because orange man is bad because Mm -hmm. we are all liberal Mm -hmm. i mean what is the voting 97 percent democrat in in that 99 99 sorry no but i mean it's just like so all you have to do is if you can find that type of environment you could just play them all day long. They want to believe yeah. that. You could tell them even worse things and they'd be like, Yeah, that must be Yeah, it's the lens of bias, isn't it? And we all can we all can fall into it. So what you had said earlier is we have to really take off our prejudices and go, what is it that we've believed was true that could possibly be wrong? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what repentance is, isn't it? Right. It's being able to change our mind when we realize, oh my gosh, that thing that I was so sure was right, it's not right. And well, I need to change my ideas. And we're kind of at a place now where, you know, I, you know, I have people that I know that I've had conflict with, it's major conflict with, <laughs> that have are probably finally coming to the conclusion that the shots were bad and what I said from the very beginning was correct. So now I need to be able to like, I need to take more joy in the fact that they've changed their position than that that I was right. And that's a huge thing. You know, it's like your flesh wants to go, see, I told you. But really what you need to say is, oh, I'm so glad you see now. Mm-hmm. Now we can build community together uh, around the truth rather than being propagandized, you know. That's good. And I think that's 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 the heart of a believer is like cuz all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have been deceived at one time or another or actively took part in our own deception or just flat out sinned and and dishonored God with iniquity. Mm-hmm. So our attitude needs to be listen, I'm not I'm not I'm ha- you know, I was kind of mad, but I'm happy that you came to the light. Let me give you some more backstory of this. I've been studying, I mean, we you know, tonight this is our like 67th show. Like yeah. I mean, it's going to be nice to finally have people go, oh, my gosh, you were doing this like a year ago, Ron and Brandon and Chris. And I, we thought you were crazy and you were totally right. And so we have to say, all right, listen, I'm not here to go. Oh, I was right. I'm here to go. I'm so glad you're aware now. Yeah. Because now we can build the world together. Yeah, and we he, can solve the problem together right. and collaborate. Exactly. And speaking of jabs, since you said you've been talking about it for a year, we have been. Um, I'd give... For those that haven't heard our show, here's some new information that came out this week. The VAERS shows a 4,070% increase in miscarriages and stillbirths since the rollout of the mRNA. Wow. So if you look at the graph, it is like 
almost huh. zero the whole way. And then 2020 and 2021, it just spikes way up. Oh, that 4, just breaks percent. my heart. Oh, all those, uh, those families that have yeah. lost children in miscarriages. That is just, that's a travesty. Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting too, because that, you know, Daigle, the website Daigle came out, daigle.com. And it projected that the population of America would go from like 330,000 to like 68 or 330 million to 68 million by 2025. Like what the heck? Yeah. That's like apocalyptic. Right. And this Daigle person who put the website up, they did this for every country. They had like projections and apparently Daigle used to work for the Clintons way, way back in the day. It was part of like some of the think tanks, but then that came out when the COVID was happening and they, pulled the website down but the website's back up again but a lot of us had screenshot screenshotted mm-hmm. the actual photos of why is this person projecting that there's only going to be 68 million americans alive you know in a couple of years well the, the the good thing is is that's not going to happen praise god yeah and it's mostly because people woke up and said Okay, mm-hmm. or people on the, stood on the side of the street with the signs of our friends over there on the freeway and said, what is in the vaccines? Don't just blindly take them. Ask questions, find out why they're not telling you answers. That um, Praise God, the American people were wise enough to discern that there's something going on and to not give in. There's so many people did not take the shot that they, they, they were way behind the numbers they had planned. And so praise God for that. You know, And then of course there were batches that were really bad and there was batches that weren't weren't bad there, there's a whole yeah. thing about that there, there was a kill batch there was a batch that made you sick in a few years there was a batch that killed you right away and then there was a, then there were saline batches batches that didn't do anything mm-hmm. so that's that's what we've been seeing of course because if they gave everybody and everybody died then they would know that the, they would be able to but there was people that lived yeah, I, I took I it and i'm fine you know the, i think on the verse um website they actually batch out the numbers uh, that I know that there is that data is available somewhere. Maybe it's the CDC, but that by batch they have um, fatality and uh, vaccination injuries, so that uh, you could figure out um, what what batch you took. What batch you took? Yeah, I don't know. That'd be. Uh, I'm just glad I didn't take one. But uh, you know, Amen. many loved ones I, I care deeply for. You know, some of them took it. So yeah. Um, don't take it from now on. You yeah. Hear? Uh, yeah. Do you, sh- I want to know a full list of what's in it. And I want to make sure that if I get sick, that that person that gave it to me is going to be sued at, you know, or yeah. prosecuted. And if that can't yeah. be happen, I ain't taking it. <laughs> yeah. And the frontline doctors, they do have protocols for those that are coming off vaccine injuries and who have taken the vax may have long-term COVID effects. Um, and so just know that, th- that, you know, we always have, hope yeah, and right. god is a god of healing that's well right. in the end of mark chapter 16 it actually says you know that th- there there will be believers who will drink poison and it won't harm them yeah, and they'll, they'll pick up snakes and be stung you know i don't i don't suggest you pick up a snake i don't suggest you take poison but i'm saying that there there will be times that god and his power and his sovereignty will save people who should have died who didn't and so i you know if you're out there tonight and you're going to call in hope you call in in a few minutes but if you call in and say hey i took it i just want you guys to pray for me we'll agree in prayer that you're going to be safe that your family's safe we my family we actually took a a bottle of wine and poured it out in our front porch and put it over our door kind of as a symbol that the this sickness would not you know come over us and none of us barely you know we had i think i got it and i was covered for like two and a half days and i was like fine it was like nothing it was like bad flu you know yeah so yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll you know, call in. We'd love to hear from you. 479-1080. Call into KSCO. It's the second to last time you get to t- call into the Wake the Bear. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll take calls. And then also, um, you know, stay connected to us by emailing us at uh, wakethebear.com or wakethebearradio.com, wakethebearradio.com. And you can email any three of us, Brandon at Wake the Bear Radio or Ron at Wake the Bear Radio or Chris, Wake the, Chris with a K. With yeah, K-R-I-S. So we want to stay connected to you. So email us. Let's stay connected. Get on your get on your email and emails tonight. Yeah. Give them dial four nine four seven nine eight three one four seven nine ten eighty. Call us tonight. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to pray for you. Absolutely. And you know, sp- speaking of the uh, the jab and, and the the VAERS outreach, you know, I, I don't want people to feel depressed. Like, oh my gosh, I took the the shot. You know, take a D dimers test. Mm-hmm. Get your D dimer account. And they have ways and protocols already to deal with that. That's uh, against clotting, the myocarditis, 
but you know, early prevention or early catching, mm -hmm. you can start working on it. Don't wait till you want to run a marathon and then you, you know, blow out your heart. Right. Play a soccer so, game. Yeah. All right. Well, there's some other good things that are happening out there. Let's you know, I want to go to get to downer here. Uh, so isn't it tomorrow, December 21st, that um, Carrie Lake's trial begins? Is that yes. right, Chris? Come on. Tell us about that. Yes, it begins tomorrow. I mean, today they were actually, you know, they, they were given permission by the judge to to go through um, and look at some uh, some of the ballots. So they did some ballot examination today and tomorrow. Uh, and the next day, there's two days of trial. So they want to have the trial very concisely. And so they limited it to two days. And they have some very strict um, rules of, um, of both for the prosecution and the defense. And uh, they're going to, they need to be able to get a ruling before, by Christmas, so that they can stop anything from um, going through by the first of the year. So if they do, um, they don't want the, the uh, election to be fully certified and someone sworn into office, basically. Right. So, so if you want to watch Carrie Lake's uh, trial, uh, it is going to be on Praying Medics Rumble channel all day tomorrow and all day on Thursday he's going to um, host the trial so you can actually watch what's going on wow. and they're going to be doing opening statement and direct examination of witnesses and I I've heard that her team is absolutely powerful so oh, I'm sure gonna... oh, well you're powerful when you have the truth right yeah there, there you go <laughs> that's a big advantage yeah she, she said she's going to knock over that big house of cards that's been built in wow. Maricopa County. Yeah. So uh, if you're a believer out there, be praying for yeah, her. Yeah, pray for that. Praying that no uh, shenanigans happen to, to keep them from presenting truth. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And then there's other good things that are going on, things that we're finding out. Um, obviously, they, they arrested uh, Sam Bank, Bankman-Fried, right? Um, yeah. Although some people are saying they arrested him so that he couldn't come and um, testify before Congress. So he got arrested before he, because he was called to become testify. So then he, oh, I can't call him in jail right now. I can't come in and testify. So, so there's some shenanigans going on there. We just go, I want to pray in the name of Jesus that, uh, that Sam Bankman would be protected yeah. in whatever cell he's in and, uh, that, that the truth would come out. Maybe mm -hmm. he's being protected right now. So I just pray angels over his cell and video cameras stay on and, uh, yeah. yeah, we know that Bankman Freed, he was the FTX um, money exchanger who got caught, uh, that he had contributed a lot of the taxpayers' monies that were supposed to be in the exchange system, uh, and they came back as contributions to both parties. Yeah. Uh, I think it was mostly democratic, mostly democratic, but but there were some rhinos some, too. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I know there were some um, there were some candidates who gave them who gave them some of the money back, but it didn't seem like it was very much. Yeah, uh, Katie Hobbs, I think, got some right. Yeah, she did, she did. Funny how that yeah, happens. Yeah, interesting. Everything's tied together. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. yeah. Well, Katie Hobbs had some Twitter friends, too, so she was able to get some censorship with mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Lake she during the... Inside, mm -hmm, insiders. During the, the midterm elections. Yeah, Katie Hobbs, um, Lord bless that soul. There's gonna, It's going to come out that she's very, 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 very corrupt, and she's part of the insider corruption, and, and you know, mm -hmm. just... I mean, she even called and told the if the people that were certifying the election right. if they if they would not certify, she would arrest them. She doesn't have that power to do that to arrest people if they don't if they say, "Listen, my in my role to certify an election, I do not feel comfortable that there's a substantial amounts of evidence. I'm not going to certify yet until I actually have a chance to actually look at the evidence." That's mm -hmm. exactly what the Brunson case is saying should have happened, right? Mm -hmm. That if you, yeah. you, you you're given a role. This is like this is like sphere sovereignty is what they call it, or the, the doctrine of lesser magistrates. You're in a position of authority, and somebody above you tells you to do something that's illegal, immoral, or unjust. You are bound by your oath to not do it, to aggressively resist tyrannical orders. Hmm. And so, if your job is to certify something, but you don't feel comfortable that it's actually legit, you should not do it. Just like if you don't want to give a shot to a person because you think it's it's going to make them sick, you should not do it. I was talking to an RN nurse just this weekend, and he you know he's been like in a nurse for forty years in a in in a um, hospital, 
in the ER, in the emergency department, he said, yeah, there was times that the doctors had ordered 10 milligrams or something. I'm like, we give 10 milligrams to that person, they're going to die. I'm not giving that to them. And then they went back and checked, and no, no, you actually should be giving them four, right? And he was like, yeah. like so you're, if you're the last line of defense, you don't do something even though the paperwork told you if you don't feel comfortable because you took an oath to, to do right. no harm, right? So. All right, it comes down to common sense, doesn't it? And what is it in an official who's uh, a government official that hears a concern that the constituents have. And there were thousands of people who were up in arms and gave testimonies of the difficulty that they weren't able to vote and that they were, um, they were disenfranchised. They were very much disenfranchised. You hear that. And, and there was never this, you know, I am so sorry. We need to restructure this, or we need to give you an opportunity. We need to make this right. right. There was none, none of that contrite attitude of, you know, we screwed up the machines, whatever. Yeah. And, and that in itself is very telling to me that it's shut it down, push it through, and and make those people be quiet. <laughs> and those yeah. are the same people that were pushing mail-in uh, mail uh, voting because what they, they wanted every vote to count. They didn't right. want anybody to be so disenfranchised, yeah. right? But now you have people that are saying, I am being disenfranchised, and then I won't even listen to them. And they're like, them. I don't care. Yeah, next. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut and it's down. just like, wait, you've been saying you want every vote to count, and then when you get a massive amount of people saying, we weren't able to vote, you could care less. I mean, right. it just shows yeah. the hypocrisy. It's, it's just agenda. It just shows the corruption. It's the corruption. It's the absolute agenda. corruption. Mm -hmm. Speaking yeah. of corruption, uh, you know, I know we've got a couple minutes, I guess, oh. but uh, what came out on Tucker Carlson what this this oh earlier this gosh, week about the dude. JFK? Oh, I didn't hear that. What so was that? Huge. Oh, he had an insider who was nameless, which you know makes you a little weary of right. things. But but basically, he has access to the remaining files, the JFK files. So they were supposed to all be released by 2017, yep. all of them. And they said everybody's dead. Who you know who are you going to protect? Who are you going to protect? And then Pompeo, of all people, Mike Pompeo said, no, you are not going to release all of them. Who was the director of the CIA at the time? Yes. While Trump was in our, our office, right? Yes. Yeah. He's no longer the director. He's no longer the director. And then in 2022, again, it was, there's these certain group of papers are still not released. Mm -hmm. And so people want to know what they are. So Tucker Carlson uh, was talking to an insider that knows what's on those. And he says, yes. So he was asked. Is the CIA involved in the assassination? Were of they John involved F in yes. the assassination of John F. Kennedy? He says, absolutely, absolutely yes. yes, yeah. And he we said, know we know there are more than one gunman because the bullets came from different directions and his body went different directions from the different holes, right? Right. So right. there was three. It was at least three gunmen. Of course, then they had the one Patsy shot before we got it. Had a chance to actually testify to what happened. So, yeah, we, and, it, and then there something about the documents that were released. They're almost an ineligible like a uh, illegible illegible like the i, I was watching a, a, a video today with somebody who was the executive producer with uh, roger stone on the jfk movie right mm. and he said what well, you know what you've studied this you guys made a movie on it what do you think do you think the oliver stone oh yeah oliver stone i'm so what do they say roger, roger stone. stone yeah oliver stone yeah. sorry about that and um he said you know do you think that, that you know they're hiding stuff and he says absolutely he pulls it up he says look at this four-page document it's got one sentence here and then a page blank, a page blank, and another sentence. But it's supposed to be a four-page document. Oh, it's all redacted. Right. And then he said, but it's not. It's not clearly redacted. It's just white. There's just nothing there. And then he says, and look at this document. You can't even read it. It's like it look. It went through like fifty carbon copies before it went. Oh. It, and then you can't even tell what it blurry. says. It's all blurry. He says, and the archives have had fifty years to get these things, you know, legible, and they haven't done it. So someone is still hiding a ton. There's you know thousands of documents that still not been released. Oh yeah. Well, here's the quote that the guy said. He says the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country than what um, we thought it was. It's all fake. And what's really interesting is that uh, JFK or uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, responded to this, and he said that this is the first bit of real reporting he's seen in 60 years. So he, he, you know, Carl Tuckerson's show. Right. So he he believes the same thing that yeah his uncle was murdered by the CIA. Wow. So it, it, I just thought that was mm -hmm. you know this is the same CIA. Well, gosh, I mean, if you just think about it, that if they took out a president like that, I mean, this is a rogue organization that has 
absolutely no accountability to anybody. Oh, it's not just an organization. It's an entire system underground that penetrates the whole world. So it, it, you know, we're not just talking about the CIA. That is an important wing of it, but it's just the dark ops of something. The underbelly of the beast is very, very dark, and it's very uh, insidious. And you know, as we begin to wake up to certain things and even understand, what was the statement that that man said that uh, the the things that we don't know in the United States about our history. Um, that that's when the CIA will be successful when, when Americans don't know. And that's what they've been doing. So the, the expectation should be there are things we think are right about what we believe about our history and right. the people of our history that are not right. Yeah. And so as we begin to reform truth, and uh, just give yourself as much peace, you know, stay in peace and just go, okay. I, we were wrong. We were told the wrong thing. And then allow the reforming of those thoughts um, to come so that you're not in despair. Yeah. Perseverance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are going to win. There is awakening, but it's a rough road, as uh, as uh, James uh, De- uh, Scottsdale said. You know, he just said, hey, it's a rough road ahead, but we are going to win. Right. And uh, that's the same here. And Q, had, you know, one of Q's last post was, you know, there are false prophets out there. You're not a prophet. I'm not a prophet. You know, stick to the mission. And he's not talking about religious prophets. He's talking about people that are saying, oh, this is going to happen on this, this day. This day, is going to yeah. Because it did so much damage when people have this expectation. And he's just like, stay on mission. This is the mission we all have to be involved in. You know, and that's exposing the darkness, waking people up, and holding people accountable. And it's mm-hmm. all of us. And if we'd known that up front, maybe a lot of people wouldn't have gone on board. So, Well, I mean, and you know, what, what we've basically learned is that the CIA, the FBI, these other intelligence organizations, the cabal, the deep state, has, has an elaborate psychological operation going on for 50 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get unwound in one week. It's like that one movie, City Slickers, where the guy Curly goes, you know. Uh-huh. You guys tie yourselves up in knots all year after year, and then you come out here for one week and ride horses and think you're going to untie ourselves in one week. So this this corruption has been developed, right? So now we have to pray that that God in his sovereignty, his goodness, in Jesus' name means the Lord saves, that the Lord will save us from the, the corruption that we have. So let's just, let's just end with that. Father, we just come in the name of Jesus, and we say, God, um, deliver this country, deliver our state, from the hands of corruption, from the, the, the men who do evil, for who do wicked, Lord. You disdain evil and love righteousness. So we ask God tonight that you would bring about truth, your justice, your righteousness on the earth, and you would put down the enemy's plans in Jesus' mighty name. Yes. Merry Christmas, everyone. Amen. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, happy Hanukkah. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial.